Never try and BS your way through anything. It will always come back to you. So always be honest about what you're doing, what you're trying to do, like what knowledge you have. And, you know, if you don't have the answer that the senator is asking you for or the candidate is asking you for, don't don't make anything up. If you're honest, I don't know, but I will find the answer for you soon, sir, and I will get back to you. Will always be appreciated. For me, I never knew and I never would have thought that at a, such an early age, I was going to land a job in Washington, D.C., which I consider to be you know, the heart of American politics at the highest level of government. And I'm so grateful to this day because how I tell others, you know, if it's my family or friends around me or other young people who I try to mentor and offer advice is I'm just a boy from the hood. At that moment, when I was offered that full-time position as a Hill staffer, I knew that everything was going to be possible. The Purple Line is a community podcast, bringing you in-depth conversations with diverse leaders in the public and private sectors. Whether you're a student looking to gather advice or a professional tuning in for valuable resources, our dynamic programming provides tips for all ages and backgrounds. I'm your host, Keith Fernandez, and this is The Purple Line. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Chile Award winners, Emily Benavides, the recipient of the Stephen D. Vermillion Congressional Staff Appreciation Award, and Tony Flores, the recipient of the Chile Alumni Association Wendy Martinez Community Engagement Award. Emily Benavides is a Republican communications operative with extensive statewide and presidential campaign experience in national and Hispanic media. Benavides is currently serving as ranking member Rob Portman's communications director at the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, strategically advising him on his media presence in her home state of Ohio and nationwide. Prior to joining Portman's Washington, D.C. Senate office, Benavides worked on the Jeb 2016 presidential campaign as traveling press secretary and Hispanic communications director. In 2014, she served as communications director for Governor Rick Snyder's victorious re-election campaign in Michigan. During the 2012 cycle, Benavides was Florida press secretary and national Hispanic press secretary for the Romney campaign, and prior to that, specialty press secretary for the Republican National Convention in Tampa. Benavides was named one of the 40 under 40 Latinos in American politics by the Huffington Post. They went on to call her one of the Republican Party's top Latinas communications operatives. In 2015, she was recognized by Cosmo for Latinas with a fun, fearless award for outstanding contributions in the political arena. She currently serves on the advisory board for the Congressional Hispanic Staff Association. Benavides has also served as communications director for the Hispanic Leadership Network, an initiative of the American Action Network, and resides here in Washington with her husband and six-month-old daughter. Emily is a graduate of the College of William & Mary. All right, Emily Benavides, thank you for joining us on the Purple Line, communications director for Senator Rob Portman, ranking member of the, I got to read this out, the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, uh, previously communications director in the Senator Portman's personal office, held really important roles with uh, Jeb Bush for president, Rick Snyder for Michigan governor, the Republican National Convention, and Romney for president. Is there anything you have not done? <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, first of all. That, absolutely. And I forgot to mention the most important part of this resume is that you're a recent mom to a beautiful, beautiful, 
Beautiful baby girl. So cute. Thank you. Yeah, she is my greatest accomplishment. Well, I mean, listen, it's already very successful. She's the cutest thing in the world. So I expect her to be a Chile alumnus in about 20 something years. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, I'm doing the application right now. So yeah, I can like, you know, I don't know if we do like, you know, sponsorships or whatever, but like I can sponsor the application like legacy admissions like I like this. Let's yeah, let's make this happen. She's going to change the world. Well, she already is. <laughs> so I'm, and speaking of Chile, you're a recipient, so always a recipient of the Stephen D. Vermillion Chile Congressional Staff uh, Appreciation Award, which is crazy. And there's not many folks who have gotten that award. So first of all, congrats. It was a deep honor. Thank you. Well, and you've been blazing a trail for Latinos and Latinas on the Hill for quite a while. I mentioned some of your resume, but tell us a, a little bit about what inspired you to get into public service, you know, your time on the Hill and really what stood out to you about advocating for the Hispanic community on the Hill? So I'm going to take it way back to before I was even born. And this is the story that I I told when I received the Vermilion Award in that when my father, who was the first person in our family to graduate from middle school, let alone high school, college, graduate school, when he was home between, I think it was his like junior and senior year of, of college, it's something like that. Um, he was back in the fields with my great-grandfather and he was wearing his Ohio University t-shirt, you know, very, very proud to, to be in school. And they were planting tomato plants and the, the farmer came by and was like, where did you get that shirt? And he was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, a rising senior or whatever at, at Ohio University. And the farmer was like, sure you are. And my dad looks over at my great-grandfather, who just sort of like looks down. And so my dad looks down. And he kept, they both kept their head down then so that I could hold my head up high now. They put in the hard work. They instilled a hard work ethic into me to be able to rise as far as I have been able to, and I hope that my daughter can go even further. I know she will. I know she will. And I mean, that's a really impactful story. And how is that translated to things you do day to day? I know that you've advocated for Latinas on the Hill. You have had, you know, Chile interns. How, how does that factor into how you look to represent the community in public policy? And, you know, for some things that are evergreen national security, it's pretty easy. But, you know, there are other issues where you have diversity in offices and diversity perspective. So how, how does that inform how you look at public service? Well, I just believe that we deserve a seat at the table where the decisions are being made. And it doesn't matter what the decisions are being made about, what this legislation is on. If it's impacting our community, which it all is, we should have a seat at the table. We should be there advising these people that are making the decisions that are going to impact us. And so it's uh, now that I have been able to secure one of these seats, I want to make sure there are people coming up behind me. Because if I have made it here and I don't bring people up behind me, I have failed. I b- believe that I have to leave a long line of people to take over my spot whenever I wa- you know, move on from Capitol Hill. I want to make sure that there's not just one person at the table, but suddenly a representative amount 
comparative to our community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because for so many years, there were certain like Latino issues and that's sort of where someone would get warehoused and seeing Latinos go into different sort of non-traditional issue areas has demonstrated that our community has, you know, this, this depth and breadth of experience. Um, and one of those things I think that you've done before you went to Capitol Hill, um, in these roles at least, was working on the campaigns of, you know, former Governor Jeb Bush, former Governor Rick Snyder. And, and tell me how that sort of public service was different. It's a lot more advocacy with the deadline, I'd say, thinking about election day. So, <laughs> Well, it's, I love campaign work because you are so busy. You're, you're like, hair is on fire all the time. And because of that, you learn as much in one day as you would in a month in a normal, like, Capitol Hill office. And so by going into campaign life, you can come out and be like two or three rungs up higher on the ladder on Capitol Hill when you come back in, just from the gigantic amount of experience that you pick up on a campaign. You also learn so much about how to deal with a crisis because you are constantly having to react to all these things that are happening across the country. And so your crisis communication skills, well, if you're working in the communication space on campaigns like I do, like, you know, they just sharpen to a level that is really hard to come by on Capitol Hill. Definitely. Well, and also knocking on doors because there's no bigger crisis if you're at somebody's home in front of their door and they're like, what do you think about this? And you can't be like, well, I don't know. Exactly. You have to be reactive right away. You always have to be able to think quickly on your feet. There isn't the time to like set out like a proactive media strategy and think through your talking points and, you know, like cross the T's and dot the I's like you might be able to on Capitol Hill, which, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love when I can do a, a nice, long, proactive media strategy rollout. But on a, on a campaign, you don't have time for that. You have to be able to trust your gut. Definitely. And I mean, in, in speaking of that and think, thinking about representation on campaigns, thinking about like, you know, as a Latina on a campaign, I imagine that, you know, I've seen more and more Latinas and Latinos on campaigns. But at the time, I mean, there weren't that many. And so I feel like maybe perhaps you were like the only voice in the room, like being like, hey, guys, you know, we've got to hone in on the Latino community. And, you know, this isn't just, you know, a three month gig. We've got to continue to, you know, speak to them in a way that's authentic. Exactly. And so after the 2012 election, that was my big thing. I was on, on the Romney campaign. I was just national Hispanic press secretary and the Florida press secretary. And after that campaign, I desperately wanted to help the Republican Party continue to make inroads with the Hispanic community. So that's why I went to uh, the Hispanic Leadership Network, which was housed within the American Action Network, to try and, and keep those bridges be out there, to, to keep building them, to make sure that like there were inroads being made at all times and reminding folks, this is what we believe in, you know, and here's where it may line up with what you believe in. And let's keep that conversation going. Yeah. And I think that's really crucial. And especially as the understanding of the community has gotten more sophisticated, you know, before I feel like it was a one size fits all strategy. And now there is a meaningful difference between messaging to the Cuban and Puerto Rican and Mexican and Salvadorian communities. And finally, a recognition yeah. that it's not a monolithic group, which is, yeah, which is 
beautiful and something that I have been screaming from the mountaintops for so long. <laughs> I know we like to say it's a mosaic, not a monolith. You know, you just got to zoom in just a little bit more. But, you know, at, you're, you're a trailblazing Latina, both on campaigns and on the Hill. And so many folks have looked up to you and continue to do so. And I think the question everyone has, if not just me, is how did you do it? And what advice would you have given yourself, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, five years ago, whenever to really achieve the success and do it in a way that has made you and so many others proud? Well, first of all, it's very humbling to have such accolades just for you to say that so many people are proud of me. Just, I, I will try and continue to meet that bar as much as, as possible. You certainly will. But the, the, overarching theme that I have tried to stick to, and and I've adopted this from Senator Portman, is his motto of be ever kind and true. And so that's really important in working in politics is be kind. You know, you don't really need to explain that. (laughs) Well, uh, and I mean, you know, because so many people in politics think that they have to like stab people in the back to get ahead. And that's not true. Like if you work hard and are you know, you do the work that's given to you and you try and go above and beyond it, you'll, you'll move forward. And second is the, and, you know, and, and, and never true. And that is just, if you don't know the answer, say you don't know, find out and then go back. Never try and BS your way through anything. It will always come back to you. So always be honest about what you're doing, what you're trying to do, like, what knowledge you have and you know if you don't have the answer that the senator is asking you for or the candidate is asking you for don't don't make anything up first of all they'll know they they always know and second of all it it reflects poorly on you whereas if you're honest i don't know but i will find the answer for you soon and sir and i will get back to you will always be appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And I think bringing this back to Chile, one last question, you know, for a lot of folks who are listening, they might be thinking of applying to a program or, you know, applying to, you know, even just think about moving to DC. What would you tell them, you know, they're, they're home, they're listening to you, you know, they listen to Tony Flores. What's for, for those who go, I don't know, like, is this for me? I don't think I can really do it. It, it seems really imposing. What would you tell them? It's hard, but it's worth it. You know, you pick up while you can when you're young and you can just, you know, make the move and you'll find your community. I've been very blessed to find a beautiful community here in D.C. And you you find it on the campaigns as well. Like those colleagues will become your family. So, yeah, it's scary. Like I remember when I left Ohio, I, you know, I didn't know anyone in D.C., but I knew this is where I wanted to try and and make my career. And so I just trusted my gut. I trusted that God would guide me. And he has. And I have found a community and I have found it by circle back, you know, being ever kind and true. And also by, you know, there's wonderful organizations like Chile, which are just, I, I mean, I wish that I had been able to participate in one of the Chile programs because I, what I think that is, is so great is having the opportunity to go in to these internships and be supported automatically with a community of like your fellow interns that are doing your, the program with you and the, the people overseeing the program that have like 
shepherded so many bright students um, along the way, imparting their knowledge and their expertise. So it's just, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I think everyone should take advantage of it. I think that's great. And it's a wonderful note to end on. So Emily Benavides, thank you for walking on the purple line with us. Be kind and ever true advice. We should all follow. You have followed it since even before I knew you. <laughs> Te quiero mi amiga. Yoti. Tony Flores was raised in the city of Anaheim, California. He attended the University of California, Davis, where he received his BA in politics. Tony was selected to participate as a Global Leader Fellow by the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute in the spring of 2019. In 2020, Tony transitioned to the District Office of Congressman Lou Correa in Orange County to pursue his passion for community building and develop his skills. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Tony has been actively engaged in leading and organizing food drives, as well as distributing COVID-19 resources for the hardest hit areas in his district. In 2021, Tony was awarded the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute Alumni Association's Wendy Martinez Community Engagement Award for his dedication and work in the community. Tony is now a field representative for the District Office of California State Assembly Member Tom Daly. He also serves on the Parks and Recreation Commission for the City of Anaheim. Okay, Tony Flores, thank you for joining us on the Purple Line, recipient of the Wendy Martinez Community Engagement Award, leader in California as a commissioner on the Parks and Recreation Commission for the City of Anaheim, key A to an assembly member, Tom Daly. Tony, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thank you, Keith. I'm doing well. It's Good. a pleasure to be joining you all the way from California. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, and it's early for you, so I hope you had some extra coffee this morning. Thank you, Keith. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you found out about Chile, why you decided to apply to be a Chile Global Leader, and a little bit about your experience in D.C., both in the congressional side, who you work for, and the corporate side as well, and what you learned there. Sure, of course. Definitely. Well, well thank you. First, uh, first of all, I'd like to start off in saying thank you for inviting me to be part of the, the Purple Line. It's such an honor to share my experience. And hopefully this helps um, you know, other young people who might be a little bit lost or navigating a, a new process after college or so. So to your first question, so I graduated from UC Davis. This was in 2018, spring of 2018. And right afterwards, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in public service. And so what I did right after uh, college, I was up in Northern California. So I came down back home. Orange County, and I started applying for, you know, different internships, you know, jobs, and just trying to get my foot in the door. A lot of the times, you know, if you're a first generation like I was, and I know many listening and many Latinos who are out there might be first generation, low income, coming from parents who are immigrants, right, who aren't professionals. And so for me, it was just trying to get my foot in the door, just trying to build a network, Built relationships with others because a career, if it's in public service or if it's in, you know, if you're trying to become an attorney or go into business, all, all these different careers, it helps you so much if you have a network, if you have contacts. And so with government, it's the same thing. And so I started applying to different internships, to different jobs. And, and at the very beginning, it was a bit difficult to try to land a job in government. And so I came across the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute's Global Leaders Program uh, to their fellowship specifically. And I looked over the criteria and application process. At first, I thought that I wasn't 
going to get in because I knew how competitive it would be. But what I did is I started reaching out to some staffers with the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute who were listed on their website. And I was like, hey, I have a few questions, a few concerns with application, this and that. And at the end of the day, I decided to turn in my application and I submitted it. I actually, fun fact, I submitted my my application for the Global Leaders Program literally five minutes before the submission period was going to expire. I was still debating at the time whether I would, you know, submit it or not because I because I understood how competitive it would be. But I submitted my application. Uh, this was uh, late 2018, and then after a few weeks, I heard back. I was given an interview, and I did the interview, and I, I believe I was probably like the last one to interview as well. And before I knew it, I got an email from the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute saying, "Like, hey, congratulations." we want to offer you a position as a fellow. And so from that point on, I mean, I I had this feeling within me that my life was going to change for the better. And then in 2019, I was able to go participate at the Global Leaders Program in Washington, D.C. And then I was fortunate, fortunate to be placed with my hometown congressman, Congressman Lu Correa, who represents California's 46th congressional district here in Central Orange County, which is the city of Anaheim, Santa Ana, Orange, and Garden Grove. When I landed my fellowship in his Capitol Hill office, this is now early 2019, January 2019, I worked hard. I worked hard. And after a month or so, I was offered a full-time position with his uh, Capitol Hill office. And from that point on, I knew that I just had to continue working hard and my dreams were going to become a reality. I've always had this strong conviction within me that I knew that I belonged, you know, as a public public servant and these levels of government. But for me, I never knew and I never would have thought that at a, such an early age, I was going to land a job in Washington, D.C., which I consider to be, you know, the heart of American politics at the highest level of government. And I learned so much, and I'm so grateful to this day, um, because how I tell others, you know, if it's my family or friends around me or other young people who I try to mentor and offer advice is, I'm just a boy from the hood. At that moment, when I was offered that full-time position as a Hill staffer, I knew that it was all these different experiences, like Chile, um, different, you know, teachers, mentors that helped me along the way, um, the support from my family. Um, most important with uh, God's help, I knew that everything was going to be possible. And it was just a matter of pushing through. And and I mean, it's such an inspiring st- story too, Tony, I think because a lot of folks, they look at that website and they go, oh my gosh, you know, this looks so impressive and I don't know if I'm qualified. And you obviously were, and, and, and we know how that story ended and we know how the story's gone from federal service to now state and local service. So tell us a little bit about uh, your post Chile career. I know I touched that in the intro, but nothing like hearing from you, what you do day to day and how you help people in California. Of course, definitely. So Right when the pandemic hit, so this is early 2020, I decided to come back home here to Orange County, be with family and, and do some do some good work here in my community. And so I was able to transfer from Congressman Lucorea's uh, Washington, D.C. office to his district office here in Santa Ana, California. 
And when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of need from our community members, from our most vulnerable community members. And just having basic access to food, basic hygiene essentials. I mean, when everything shut down, we all saw how it affected families from, you know, from different walks of life. And, and I saw it here in my community as well. People who have been living paycheck to paycheck, who weren't, who were just late or whose hours were reduced and they needed food because they were just laid off. They needed to feed their, their children still. And so for me, I knew that I had to put myself out there in the community because I knew this was my mission. I knew this is why I returned back to my community from D.C. And so every opportunity that I got throughout, um, th throughout the beginning of the pandemic to be out there volunteering my time um, on the weekends, distributing food, working with nonprofits to try to organize food distributions, bring some, you know, basic hygiene essentials to our most vulnerable, informing our residents about, you know, basic um, resources where they could obtain food and services. That for me has influenced to this day who I am and has also grounded me, has grounded me. And for me, it's always making sure that I'm giving back to the community that has given back so much to me. And so Probably after a year of working at the district office of Congressman uh, Lu Correa. So now we're talking about four months ago, I accepted a job offer with a California State Assembly member, Tom Daly, who also represents Central Orange County. And now I was uh, offered a role and just continuing to do that good work in the community and then offering constituent services as well. And so it's, I'm currently doing that. And then I'm I have, I was also appointed to the Parks and Recs Commission for the city of Anaheim. And so I'm doing both things at once. And I just love seeing how, you know, all levels of government just, you know, interact with each other and now bring, you know, like the best interests of our uh, community members. And that's, that's awesome. I know, Tony, we've only got a short time left, so I'm going to lightning round two questions to you and you can sure. uh, take it any way you want to. But so... You know, as I mentioned, you're the recipient of the Wendy Martinez uh, Community Engagement Award. You are really an inspiration to so many who are trying to get back in their community. Given your time with Chile and sort of how you've applied those lessons in life, what would you tell somebody who is probably listening, student, young professional, who wants to get involved in their community, may not have that background in politics, just needs that step forward, whether it's serving your community through nonprofits, through the public service, you know, through even working at a business that has a very mindset, a very corporate social responsibility mindset. What, what's the next step? What advice do you have? Sure, of course. So if it's someone young out there, Let's say, for example, me, who not so long ago was just fresh out of college and is trying to get their foot in the door, right? What I would tell them is don't be scared of taking a risk. It's worth taking the sacrifice. The, what you would like to do is, you know, in the future, not have any regrets in your career and saying like, hey, looking back and saying, man, like, I wonder what would happen if I would have taken the opportunity or if I but had applied, you know, to that fellowship, that internship, you know, that job, whatnot, just get yourself out there. Don't be scared. Um, a lot of us start from the bottom, from scratch, not having uh, much of a network. But if, you, if you're out there, let's say if you're a volunteer, you'll meet, uh, you know, different people if it's at that nonprofit. If you're doing that internship, like at a, in the private sector or in the public sector as well, it's, it's worth taking a risk. And if you're young, 
you have some time to recover as well. So there's no rush, definitely. I think that's awesome. Any, any last words of advice, wisdom, or just lessons learned for anyone who wants to apply to be a Chile Global Leader? Definitely. Well, it's just going back to not being scared and then also believing in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. There might be people along your journey who might not believe in yourself, who might turn their back on you. But if you have that conviction, if you have that gut feeling that, hey, someday I could see myself being, you know, a U.S. senator, let's say, or president of the United States, or if, if it's, you know, one not, give it a chance, go for it. At all times, it's impossible to have, you know, all these people behind your back. But as long as you have, you know, as long as you're pursuing what you love and you have, you know, if it's like your family behind you, um, some good friends, that's all that it takes. And just knowing that you're more than qualified to, you know, pursue what you wish to. That's that's awesome. Well, Tony Flores, we are certainly proud of you. You're a standout alum. You're an award winner, literally, not just figuratively. And you served at all levels of government. I can't wait to see what you'll do next. Thank you for walking with me on the Purple Line. Thank you so much, Keith. Well, it was an honor to participate in the Purple Lines. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Purple Line. You can follow me at underscore Keith Fernandez on Twitter. And make sure to follow Chili across all social media platforms at the Chili for the latest updates. 